You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Thanks for showing up. I'm loving this. Have you ever heard about this thing called airway? You've probably heard too much about it. It's here to stay. And your question might be, I don't know if it's possible in my general practice. Well, I have an amazing young rock star. Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Turner, and she's here to share with you airway dentistry is possible in your general practice. Please listen to this. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you heard about this thing called airway? Of course you have. It's one of the hottest topics in all of dentistry. And your question might be, I don't know if this is possible for me. I'm just a GP. Well, first of all, don't ever say you're just a GP because you're not. And airway dentistry is possible in your practice. And I have a great rock star who I'm having on the podcast for the first time. Dr. Liz Turner. She's going to walk us through this process. Liz, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. I've been a listener for a long time and we're just reviewing some of the podcasts that you've, or the podcasters you've had on. And I mean, the, the lineup that you've had over the years is just incredible. So I'm just excited to be a part of it. Sounds good. Well, be, be prepared to be underwhelmed because I don't know very much. I just like having smart people on. Now, I will tell the listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, so here's, here's how Liz and I got together on this podcast. I usually finish a podcast and then ask my friends, like, who should I be talking to? So you guys have heard Dr. Becca Bacco. And I, and last part, I'm like, Becca, who's some rock stars out there? She's like, you got to interview Liz Turner. And I'm like, oh, you, you got to set that up. So that's how we came together here. And uh, I wanted to give them a perspective, but I want you to share your story. I want people to know who you are before we get into this important topic. Tell us yeah, your story. Yeah, well, just like we were saying, dentistry is a small world, right? And so you start in this big ocean and you're like, where do I go? What do I do? So I graduated from Tufts in 2011. I had an excellent program. I had excellent educators. I had great colleagues that I graduated with, but I graduated and was kind of like, okay, so like I do teeth, like that's what I do. After seven years, my son was born 
I was a GP. I'd been in community health. I'd been in private practice. I'd been, I did a residency. So I'd been kind of, on been in corporate. So I'd been kind of around doing different things. And I'd found a niche and this great high paced, more emergency based practice that really catered towards high fear individuals. So would really help make them feel comfortable, manage comprehensive care from there. And I loved it. But after my boy was born, I'd been practicing for seven years and he was born really frustrated. And I didn't know anything about babies. I was like, oh, I cry so much. What do I do? And I, I, the nurse had mentioned, oh, there's a little tongue tie. And like, I hate that word. There's just a little tongue tie, a mild tongue tie. Now that I know what I know, I realized that there's so much more to a tongue tie and how it needs to be managed. So my boy, he had his tongue tie treated. We didn't do all of the things that I generally recommend in my practice for management of those. But either way, we saw some improvements. My father-in-law then had a heart attack due to years of undiagnosed sleep apnea and development of AFib. And I look at his mouth and I realize, oh my goodness, he's, he's narrow. He's got a bilateral posterior crossbite. He's got this little limp noodle of a tongue. He had a speech impediment from the age of four that really affected him socially. Like, what could we have done differently to improve this person's quality of life and breathing? And so the pieces just started to fall into place rapidly. It's like dominoes. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I thought, oh, I'll just manage tongue ties. But then I start managing tongue ties. I realized, oh, the, the bite's messed up. The joint's messed up. The aesthetics are messed up. Like so much of dentistry comes from an early foundation. And that's where Becca and I have become close friends and colleagues because we understand growth and development in the same way. And I just find so often in dentistry, we're trying to treat a problem when we could have prevented it in the first place. And then even when we go to treat it, why do we have failures? So my story is really that of um, self-discovery and a paradigm shift within my own practice and realizing that ethically I could no longer practice the way I had been while ignoring a problem that's so prevalent in affecting people's lives. Um, so that's kind of the gist of it. Like, I feel like I'm a better person, a happier practitioner. I don't feel like I'm a single tooth dentist anymore. I feel more confident managing bigger cases when I look at the whole picture involved. Yeah. Yeah. Cool story. I love it. I love it. And today we're going to be talking about airway dentistry is possible in your general practice. Let's talk about the why. Why is this topic so important from your perspective? So, so much of what we see in dentistry is because of worn dentition, it's because of acid erosion, it's because of chipped teeth. Like, why does a cusp break off of number 14? It's because things aren't aligned the way they should be. The maxilla is often too small and underdeveloped, meaning the lower teeth tip in and compensate. So we oftentimes will have pseudo crossbites. Like if they were upright on their long axes, they'd be in crossbite and we'd pay more attention. So in orthodontics, we put people in a class one occlusion, but is it a retrusive class one occlusion? Are we looking at what's possible for the development of the maxilla to make sure that we can have dental stability in our crowns? Like why are, why are people repeatedly coming back for bite adjustments? Well, we're, we're not looking at the reason why they're clenching and grinding and causing further damage. Um, so when we look at airway health and the why behind why it's important for a restorative dentist to look at, we see so much of the periodontal and the dental status change when the airway is compromised. Um, and that's a like a big, big a small answer to a big question, but oftentimes what I say, the root of it is the maxilla is often too small. 
the lower jaw doesn't fit where it's supposed to, then the compensations all fall into place. Bodies grow from childhood into adulthood. They figure out how to become a grown-up, but at times the child is doing it wrong from the very beginning and that leads to poor growth and development. Yeah. And would you agree like this whole airway topic thing, it's not a fad. It's not going away. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I treat a lot of babies because I, I have a soft spot in my heart for these little infants that are struggling so hard. And more than that, I have a soft spot in my heart for the families that come in and they're so disheartened and discouraged. And in our country, we look at the medical system as very reactive. We wait for something to get so bad and then we attempt to fix it. Why are we not listening to our patients? And that comes in a dental setting. Like what are our patients' goals? If the patient's goals are whiter teeth and they don't give anything about airway health, then maybe it's not something we dive right into. Like we have to help them understand what's impossible for them, but we can't ignore what's important to them from the get-go. But these families come in and they're, they're so often under listened to and they're so often disheartened with the care that they've provi been provided or the opinions that they've had. Um, and I see that throughout my dental practice as well. So when I look at who we can help and how we can help them, I just, I think listening to our patients and finding out the way that we can help guide their treatment is the best possible thing. Yeah, I love it. So. I'll, I'll play the 32-year-old dentist who's listening to this sure. going, Liz, I totally see what you're talking about, but I have a very busy GP practice. I got to get this all organized. I got to get it perfect before I start putting airway in. And one of your messages is you don't have to have it perfect. You can actually do this in a step-by-step approach, right? For sure. Because I think that gets more buy-in from patients. So when we talk about um, when we talk about airway health, like we start really small on our practice. So I have a general practice. I bought it three years ago because I knew that I was never going to be able to accomplish my goals in the settings that I'd been in previously. So I had some goals that I wanted to achieve. And one of them was creating an airway health center. The other one was continuing to do really high quality restorative dentistry with the same purpose that I, that I was trying to obtain within my airway practice without really even telling the patient at times, because maybe it's not of interest. But um, when you, I look at the cases that we've converted, so the practice that I bought had been uh, established 27 years prior to my purchase. And we had patients that have been here for 27 years and they stayed with me because I didn't come in and rock the boat too much. I came in and I said, you know what? I'm so excited to meet you. Like, let's see what we have here. Let's see how I can help you. But then we would start to plant little seeds. So I would look at a patient and say, oh goodness, this person clearly can't breathe through their nose. So I'd start to bring things up and I'd say, hey, how, how's your sleep quality? They say, you know what? I, I've just always been a terrible sleeper. Like I've got this deviated septum. I just can't breathe very well. I'm like, well, have you ever had it evaluated to see if there's anything you can do to help you breathe better? And they say, no. I'm like, okay, well, here's a referral to an ENT down the street. Well, they go, they get the septum repaired. They start doing a little bit better. So they have a faith in me and a belief in me that I have their best interest in mind because I'm helping them step by step along the way. So then maybe that same patient, we start to look at their worn dentition or the way the teeth are aligned and crowded. And so I say, you know, I, I, you're feeling better. Like, do you want to talk about what else we could do for you? 
And I say, yeah, let's like, I want to see what's possible because they've got a little bit of buy-in now. So we start talking about like dental alignment. And that's where I say like aligning teeth, you don't even need to tell them that you're being airway positive, but if you're aligning teeth and increasing oral volume, you can also help their airway. Maybe we don't need true skeletal expansion, but we need more room in the mouth. So we can improve their aesthetics while also being airway focused. And then from there, you can start to look at like, this is essentially a full mouth rehab. We could go ahead and we could build this bite back up to help you become a healthier person. Like we just made you this splint. It's so helpful for you. It's helping you sleep better. Well, how do you become this splint? And that's that's kind of where my rabbit hole kind of progressed from um, just looking at tongue ties to looking at the whole picture, because you really can't have one without the other. Um, I won't go too much into tongue ties, but the tongue is a really, really important part of growth and development and a part of dental stability. And if we ignore it, we're missing stuff. But at the end of the day, we got to look at everything. It just doesn't have to be rocket science. Like, look at the basics. Do the things fit together? Does the upper fit with the lower and do the teeth line up? So, Yeah. Now go back to this because I'm so curious. You said you wanted to create an airway health center. Can you define that? What is that for you? Tell us. So, so many of our patients come to us and they have a dental home and I don't want to take that from them because I don't really want to be everybody's dentist. Like there are dentists out there that are so much better than me because they just have an artistic skill set or a passion that lies in that. I'm a really good dentist, I think, but I always think that there's somebody better than me. Like, I'm not going to come out and say I'm the best dentist in the world because I don't feel that way. Um, I feel really confident. I feel really capable. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of families come to us either for themselves or for their children because they're looking for answers they're unable to obtain within their normal dental setting. And so that's what I say often is, I'm glad you have a dental home where your teeth are being very, very well cared for. I would like to look at some of the details about how your teeth are aligned, how your jaws are shaped, where your tongue is sitting, what your breathing patterns are like, what your nutritional status is. Do you have a bunch of undiagnosed gut stuff or allergies or um, stuff we need to meet with a naturopath? And a good friend of mine, Maggie Graham, um, she often says she's quarterbacking treatment. And, and that's kind of what it is. We have this little flow chart. It's like a choose your own adventure. And it's like, go here, go here, go here, do this, do this, do this. And some of it's so simple. If anybody's heard of the book Breath by James Nestor, it's a great, great, read for a provider who's looking to get into this space. It's also a great referral for patients because I've had it in my lobby for the last three years from the first day. And about two years in, this patient comes in and he's an airway everything. He goes, hey, that book, what do you know about it? I just read it. I'm like, we've been talking about these things for you for two years. He's ready to talk about them now because he understands from someone else's perspective. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I, an airway health center, I think, really helps guide a patient to make the best possible decisions for themselves. Not everybody wants to have MMA or have a mouthpiece or have a full mouth rehab. But is there something that's really low lying that we could help them get that buy-in from? Maybe it's as simple as an ENT referral or myofunctional therapy to build some strength in the muscles. Yeah, I love it. You're out there taking some great courses, talking to a lot of people. What do most people get wrong? about airway dentistry? I, I uh, okay, so there's a, tongue tie is a big buzzword along with airway. And like, like I said, I, I got into it because I started to recognize tongue ties. And I went to a lot of courses and training that really were looking at tongue ties and treatment, but they weren't looking at arch, size, space, tone. And I think when 
we come out of some of these courses, we're so well-intentioned. So I don't think anybody's doing anything wrong intentionally. But I do think that if we're not addressing the entire picture, at least appreciating the entire picture, we could be doing harm for patients. So um, kind of, it, it's just really important for us to take a step back after the courses that we go to and say, how can I implement this into my practice? But also, is this the best way to implement this in my practice? Is there something else I need to add on? So you could go buy a laser and you could learn how to do a very, very, beautiful tongue tie release, but will it be successful? If we don't optimize the function first, for example, we're never going to have a successful tongue tie release because the tongue isn't going to do what it's supposed to. So interdisciplinary care is important. Um, making sure that we're checks and balances along the way to optimize our success. Cause we're, we're taught, we're, we're skirting the line of medical here. We're not like looking at, is this a class two or is it an incipient? Like it's not always as clear as something like that can be now that even we've got AI to tell us that stuff. We're looking at what is the best for this individual. So really individualized care is really uh, what we need to appreciate. I love it. I love it. You're in a study club with Maggie Graham. And then there's another uh, member of the study club, Tim Harry, young dentist. Who's in that study club. And I've watched him since he's a little kid, even before he was a dentist. And so. Oh, my became, goodness. I didn't know that. Yeah. His dad was my dentist forever. And so watching Tim come into right. dentistry is pretty cool. Now, he I had him on the podcast. I'm going to totally screw this up. But Tim said this. He said, you know, one thing you don't always, you don't always know exactly where it's going to go, but when you find your passion area and you help, you really are committed just helping people. It's amazing. Other people come in and go, you help my friend. And then you help my friend. Has that been kind of the similar path? Because the reason I ask well, you that yeah. is a lot of people think, well, I need to chart a really clear course and how all this is going to work. It just starts sometimes with one patient. It's, it's, and that's exactly it. And I, I mean, I, I think that's how a lot of people who treat like joint or pain or anything say is like, you get one and the rest flood in. Like, we don't market, we don't, we don't advertise, we don't pay a lot of money for these types of things because at the end of the day, I want the right patients. I'm a referral based practice, all because I've built a network of people that also enjoy and appreciate what I do. Um, those are lactation consultants, chiropractors, naturopaths, osteopaths, ENTs. I mean, I get referrals for tongue ties from ENTs. I get referrals for orthodontic expansion or evaluation from ENTs. Like the medical community can't ignore this forever. Um, I think it's just so misunderstood by a lot of medical providers because it's not a part of their education. So I'd say the, the people that surround me are those that are willing to look outside the box and recognize when they don't know enough to ask questions. Um, but it's true. I mean, I see infants. And then uh, today I saw two more families of the infants and they have a dental home. They just want my opinion. And there are times where people move closer to our practice and they do choose to convert to our practice. And I, I would consider myself what's called a functional dentist. I'm not a holistic dentist. I recognize that problems arise and we do need to use traditional dentistry to treat them. Um, but I would always focus on the preventative aspect first. And so that's how we kind of float our dental practice as well is how can we treat the problems that you're walking in the door with, but also how can we help prevent them in the first place? And, and that's, I mean, strictly referral based. We get a lot of um, moms groups referring families over things like that. And that's all for basic dentistry. So I would say that the success of my dental practice has been 100% because I look a little bit deeper about the way people breathe. Yeah. Can I ask you a question that I get all the time? Yeah. 
Okay, so I talked to a lot of great dentists. You know how this works. You know, they get exposed to great education. You know, I get it, I get it, but I don't know how the business model would help me. I've been trained that the, you know, the handpiece has got to be going. So like help, help any dentist who's listening to this understand that there is possibility with the business model as much as you want to share. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's a lot of it's about patient trust. And, and when they trust you, they'll be willing to do what they need to do to help themselves. So when we talk about, I mean, I use an iTero for patient education. And even being, because so many people are unhappy with their smile, they're just not willing to admit it because they don't, they don't want to be vain. They don't want to say, oh, my smile matters to me, but it does. And so when we're able to take the iTero and show them the way that their alignment is, and I'm able to talk to them about how their bite is changing, how the tipping of the teeth inwards, how the crowding of the teeth is actually compromising their function and their breathing. Like we convert patients to Invisalign cases, no problem. I still have orthodontists that I work with consistently for some of these cases that I 100% don't feel comfortable managing. But in a general practice, we can do a lot with aligners. We can then do a lot with rebuilding the dentition that's been damaged. Um, And I, I think even being cognizant that like, acid reflux isn't always based on diet and it's damaging the dentition. When we start to look at that, we get a referral going to wherever they need to help with that problem. We then will have the buy-in for patients to start rebuilding the dentition that's been damaged without risk of further damage. So um, from a business perspective, like Jeff Rouse always says, just do dentistry, like just do dentistry, but go into it with open eyes and look for little details because that's what interests patients. That's what builds trust. And that's what increases what goes into your pocket, really. Yeah, I love it. And so Jeff has always said, I've had him on many times, you know, you gotta, he said this on whatever, you gotta understand 35 years of treatment planning was turned on its head. You know, we used to have the four pillars of diagnosis and now the fifth with airway, it's just part of the process. And, you know, he argued like, isn't everything airway dentistry now? I mean, for the most part. So um, I do think it's going to be a valuable part of the conversation in the future. And there are people that fix teeth and there are people that change lives. It's not the same thing. I do have a question yeah. for you, though. Sure. Again, you you guys are such you have this incredible study club. Where is this all going? That's one of the things I want to like. Where, where do you think it's going? It's anyone's guess. But what's it look like in the future? You know, I think one of the things that uh, Maggie and I have become really close over the years, and we've, we're actually in the process of merging our, our airway-focused practices in order to better form an educational platform and establish a bigger footprint. Because the way that it's going is there's always going to be critics, and there's always going to be people saying, oh, no, that's not a thing, or that's not how you do it. But, but either way, I think the more that we can continue to educate our patients, the more they'll continue asking questions that medical providers can no longer answer, both dentists and medical, and will be forced to look at this layer, just like, I mean, for there's still so much misunderstanding within the joint, but like we have to pay attention to it. And it's also our duty, like in 2017, the American Dental Association stated that we need to be screening for airway and and airway health. And maybe that's as simple as getting a referral to a CPAP. But I, I have patients that come in and they say, you know what, you saved my life because I went and I got a CPAP and I feel the best I've ever felt. Sure, they could go have jaw surgery and then I could do a full mouth reconstruction. I don't need to do that because I made that patient happy and I help them be better. So I think the way that things are going is we need to continue to educate ourselves and each other. 
we can't go into every treatment plan with the same um, prescription every time. And uh, I'm really hopeful that through our generation of practitioners who are starting to ask questions of the medical community, we'll be able to prevent a lot of problems for our children that a lot of us face. Um, and, and that's a, even down to worn, worn teeth or misaligned teeth or an unattractive smile. Um, if we can help our children be better, then I think we've, we've made a difference. Yeah. Can I ask you about this piece too? Sure, yeah. Every, every dentist employs a great group of people around them called the team. So a big part of this is dentists get educated. They get very excited. Then the integration of team members. Can you give us some insight? Like how did you get your team involved with this? Cause that's a huge piece of this. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I think anybody who's listening to this, you've probably had a hygienist in your practice. If you're lucky enough to have one who's not $80 an hour um, is, is going to have heard of myofunctional therapy. And at some point, your hygienists are going to start asking questions of why we're not looking at this, because it's a huge movement within the hygiene community. And um, some of us have had hygienists go on to become very successful myofunctional therapists. And I would say that that's the way that I started is one of a, a, a friend of mine who we'd met through other dental friends. She was a hygienist and she knew that I was my goal was to open this type of practice where we really looked at whole health. And she knew she could have a place in it. So we uh, brought her on. We got her trained as a myofunctional therapist. And she's about to go full time as a myofunctional therapist because um, that's her passion and it's what she loves. And so when we talk about our team, my assistants come on. When I bring a new one on, sometimes there's like deer in headlights. And we have one who'd been with the same dentist for 30 years. She's incredible chairside. But she comes in one day and she's crying and she goes, uh, there's just so much. And I said, there's not, it's the same thing every time. Like, look at the way the arches are shaped. Look at how you can help that person be better. It's the same thing. You just, you have to look at it with through slightly different eyes. So I, I think my team has, they're kind of ride or die. Um, probably somebody's going to quit tomorrow because I just said that and it's karma, but um, <laughs> uh, they're kind of ride or die because I, I think when they see the thank you cards that come in and the messages from parents and the reviews um, that are all organic, because I'm terrible for asking, um, they, they know that we're doing something a little bit bigger. It's, it's not just about, and how many times have we heard, oh, I hate the dentist. All you do is poke at me. Oh, I hate coming here. This is as bad as the, the gynecologist. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if I have to hear that one more time, I'm going to lose it. So to have, and we're so, those little victories of patients that are just so, so thrilled to be with you is, is it keeps you going, keeps our team going. We are in a tight, tight space. So we have um, 1200 square feet. I have three operatories and a consult room, and I've converted a closet into a laser suite. Um, and we don't have a break room. So we're busting at the seams, but everybody just is kind of on top of each other and gets along because I think they know that there's bigger things in the future. Uh, we're, we're building out a new practice. We'll be opening in mid-January with twice as much room. And I'm really hopeful we can bring on more families, more people, uh, more team members who really want to share what we do. That's so cool. That's so cool. So um, if, again, I'll go back to being the dentist listening. So sure. I'm totally loving this, Liz. Help me get started. So okay. where, do, where do I start? Give me a, give me kind of a treatment plan here. So I was completely backwards. And that's like the one thing I can easily say is I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Like I've lost my shirt on a number of cases just because I'm like, oh, well, like, let's try this and let's try this. And I didn't have good practices in place for billing and things like that. So there's a ton of avenues to help um, you know, build a good, 
practice. There's you guys, for example, you guys help build beautiful practices. Um, but I think if you're really wanting to understand restorative dentistry and airway health, Jeff Rouse's course through Spear Education, um, Airway Prosthodontics is the number one place I'd start. Because if you're a restorative dentist and you're really looking to get your feet wet, you're interested and you want to integrate, but maybe you don't want to do what some people do, which is close their restorative doors and open something else, like bring this in step by step. And you can do that through Jeff's course, because more than anything, he just brings the awareness. Like he goes you through the literature. He talks about a step by step protocol that he's developed that helps you es essentially make more dentistry. Um, and, and that's what he says, just do the dentistry. So the other course, especially as you're going deeper into this that I absolutely love is Becca Bachow's and Mike Gunson's um, Healthy Growth, Healthy Faces. Like the understanding that I walk away from with that course with, with even how the lips close and what it does to the facial structure, how comfortably people live, like it, it makes me wanna recommend filler for people. So there are things that you can do to build your practice that make people healthier by going to these courses. Um, so Healthy Growth, Healthy Faces, it's normally out in Seattle, Spears out in um, Arizona. And then if you did want to dive deeper into tongue tie stuff, that would be the Breathe Institute. Um, Dr. Suryusagi is the one putting out all the literature. Um, he's an ENT. He's pioneering a ton in our field. He really opens himself up to a lot of, um, I hate to say criticism, but criticism is where conversation starts. And and he's he's a change maker for sure. So those are all, those three are great courses. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're not taking notes, don't worry, we're taking notes for you. You can flip up to the show notes and we'll have links for all three of those courses that Liz mentioned. So Liz, this is so awesome. Give us some final thoughts on how we can make air dentistry possible in our general practice. I mean, there's so much burnout in our profession, right? So you have to find something that's interesting to you. And the whole human has always interested me. Like I'm a runner. I, I appreciate what it takes to make me a better athlete. I wish I'd known this when I was actually competitive because I, I do feel it could have made me a much more successful athlete. And there's so much coming into the general conversation about lip taping and nasal breathing and proper breathing patterns and Wim Hof. And so these are things you're going to run into and your patients are going to ask you questions. But I, I do think it's so interesting as you look around at your family and around at individuals around you, how you start to think differently about how you could help them. I, I don't like go up to people and say, hey, you know, all this stuff is I was at a, a wine party last night and people were talking about how I'd recommended lip taping and now they're doing it. Oh, yeah. Half of them think I'm crazy, but everybody was going home to try lip taping. They had a few glasses of wine, so it's probably a bad idea. Um, but it, it's I think we can look at dentistry with new eyes and new excited eyes when we appreciate the health of the whole human. And I think we can absolutely have better outcomes. They look better. They function better. They last longer if we appreciate what's going on within that individual person. Yeah, that's so well said. So Liz, you're not the one to recommend treatment, but if you're ever with Jeff Rouse somewhere, like he, he wants to fix my nose and he actually, this is a true story. I've shared this. <laughs> I don't know how long ago. It was probably 10 years ago. We were a Seattle study club symposium. My wife was with me uh -huh. and we go off to the side to like the bar. He's like, I want you to tape your, your face tonight. I'm like, tape my face. My wife said this. She's like, you're going to suffocate. He's I'm like, he told me to do it. So I started putting tape on my lips. I'm like, wow, that really worked. I felt great yeah. the next day. And so it was, funny. it was so opposite of what I thought was going to happen. So, um, my poor husband, he's got the longest face cause he grew that way. 
he's again, my his dad was the reason my son was the reason like he's in the middle. So I test him for sleep apnea. He's got severe sleep apnea. He's long, slender. He's six two. He's, he's skinny. He's not sleep apnea in the traditional sense. But now he goes, ah, oh, I can't even watch The Bachelor anymore. I'm like, well, you're, you're you're 48 years old. You shouldn't be watching The Bachelor, number one. And number two, I, I'm, I'm not sorry because he goes, everybody's mouth breathing. What do I do? And then he tries to go to sleep. He's got this lip tape and this eye mask and these nasal dilators and a mouth guard. And he needs jaw surgery. And he's like, life was so much easier without you. I'm like, yeah, but also you're like happier, right? He's like, I think so. so I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you can't unlearn this stuff. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know too much. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate your time, and I'm really excited to be on here. And I, uh, I hope some people get some things out of this. Um, I'm always open to questions. I have an Instagram that I don't pay much attention to, but it's uh, it's really great to be a part of this podcast. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. If I'm listening to this podcast and I want to reach out to you and just ask you some questions. Or follow what you do. Where do I go? Tell me where to go. I think probably the the quickest avenue would be through Instagram, Dr. Liz T, L-I-Z-Z-Z-T. Um, just as we're building, rebuilding some of our brands, like my dental practice name is changing. My airway practice name is changing. We've got Balanced Dental Studio. We've got Untethered Airway Health Center. So we've got a lot of things going. So my direct one, Dr. Liz T would be great. I also have um, an email that is drliz at foxpointdental.com. Um, when that changes, it'll at least redirect so you can get me there too. That's awesome. Liz, thank you so much for being on. That was awesome. Oh, so fun. Well, I hope you have a great weekend and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Absolutely. We'll stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. And airway dentistry is possible in your general practice. Believe it. It's true. And so until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching, keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.